Welcome to the Leadership Upside Podcast with Chuck Carringer, where we discuss what successful leaders are doing, saying, and thinking. Welcome to Leadership Upside Podcast. I'm your host, Chuck Carringer. Our guest today is Dr. Tracy Traver. Dr. Traver has led a successful medical practice, All Women's Care, which is located in Maryville, Tennessee, since 1999 and has recently opened an exciting new venture called Turning Point Leadership Solutions. Dr. Traver, welcome to Leadership Upside. Thank you for having me. So you've had a very successful run in, in, as a uh, uh, leader in your own uh, company, uh, your medical practice. I want to talk to you a little bit about the the organizational leadership part of what you do. Uh, obviously, you're you're a doctor, but you're also an organizational leader. You have your own business, and you've built this team of people that work with you and uh, another doctor uh, to serve your patients. Uh, if you had to just uh, describe uh, your leadership philosophy, uh, perhaps your core leadership principles that you have developed over this this uh, time period. Um, what would those principles be? I like to consider myself a servant leader in that I want to serve others and help them grow. Personal growth is very important to me. So my goal is to inspire others to grow as well. Okay. Let's stay on the servant leader part a minute. So, uh, you know, when I think about as a physician, you serving your patients, that really resonates with me. When I think about your leadership in serving those you work with, unpack that a little bit for us. How do you go about actually serving the people you lead? I think it's, it may be best to kind of explain it about how I've changed in my leadership. When I first started, I'd say I was more of an autocratic leader, kind of top down. And I, I was very, very concerned with productivity. How much can we do? How fast can we do it? Work, 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 no talking, no socialization, no socialization. I went to an event about 2006 and I learned that relationships are probably the most important part of leadership, how you interact with your staff. Good leaders are loved leaders. When I think of a great leader, I think of Pat Summit. And her, her, she was hard on them and you could see it. But they would do anything for her. They didn't do it. They did it for her, I felt like, when I watched her. And she also took credit when they failed and gave credit when they succeeded. And she equipped with them with the tools for success. So, you know, she, she helped them become great. And so that's what I, I, when I think of a great leader, I always think of Pat Summit, and that's what I try to do. So if they need something to succeed, I want to serve them, make sure that they get it. I don't want them doing 120% effort with 80% tools. Does that make sense? Totally. So part of your responsibility as a leader is to make sure your team has the tools they need to be successful. 
Yes. Okay. And, and also that I, the thing I got from that event was that I was not a great leader and that I needed to become a better leader. That there's no way that my company was going to be great if I was mediocre. Okay. You, you said two or three things that I just want to keep digging on. So what was the event? It was, it was actually Dave Ramsey's, it's called Entree Leadership. And it's, he teaches, you know, vision, mission, core values, a little financial stuff and basic leadership principles. And then also some entrepreneurs part of it too. You know, what it's like to be a business owner, how that's different. Leading as a business owner is a little different than leading within an organization. There's people above you and people below you. And of course there's risk as a business owner that, you know, if you, if you work for a company, you don't have that risk. So that's, that was the event. And, and as a, and he taught the class that I went to, he was the person that gave, I think he gave every lecture. And so he was telling it from what it was like when he started his company in his garage with the card table to grow it. At that time he had 200 employees. So he basically told the story of how he went from two or three guys to 200 employees. You mentioned that that you recognized that if you didn't improve or increase your own leadership capability, that you were going to be, in, in my words, kind of the, the limiting factor. You were going to set the bar for your organization, and you wanted to improve as a leader. Have you seen, that was years ago you came to that realization, have you seen that play out in actuality that as you've improved as a leader, so has the capabilities and even the performance of your company? Yes. I think my staff know I care about them now. And I feel like they care about me. And that connection, they'll, they give me more than they would. And I give them more than I would. You know, we're more of a team. Um, it's not top down. It's more lateral. I mean, there's still little, you know, obviously I'm a doctor and some of them are high school graduates. You know what I mean? There's, there's an educational discrepancy. There's a skill discrepancy, but, but they, some of them can, like one of them told me a story where back before I went to Dave Ramsey, I fussed at somebody for eating at their desk. Then I went and got a donut and walked down the hall. And she told me, like, she like called me out on it. You know, um, I don't think she, I don't know if she did it then, but later on, she said, remember whenever you did that? I don't really remember that, but now that now she's been working for me for over 10 years. Now, when I have leadership failures, she'll come and tell me, Hey, when you did that, that wasn't okay. And to create that culture is the only way you're going to become a great leader. You know, that's awesome. Um, You mentioned culture and, and you wanted an environment where even people who obviously in an organizational setting would, would be subordinate to you. You're um, just speaking organizationally, have the privilege and the freedom to come to you who is at the head of the organization and provide some feedback. Uh, A, I love the fact that you received that feedback in the way you did uh, because um, obviously we know as leaders that if you would have, um, you know, Turn, turn that person away or, or, or uh, kind of, you know, put them back in their place for coming to you and, and offering that feedback. That would have been likely the last piece of constructive feedback you would receive. People would have been fearful. 
Uh, I love your intentional focus on culture, and what you want it to be. Before we move on to, to I want to talk about strategic planning, and I know that's a big part of, of, of uh, what you've done with your company and your new venture also. But I, I, I want to ask just a, a, a follow-up question. You've worked at building relationships uh, with your team, at becoming a better leader, at being a servant leader. And yet, I'm certain there are times you have to make hard decisions, inevitably hard decisions that involve a person, a person who who maybe is on your team at, at that moment, and you've recognized that that's no longer the best spot for them. Potentially, I, I have to imagine through over time that's happened. How have you um, navigated the desire to have a relationship with your people and be known by your team and care about them, as you alluded to, and they care about you. And at the same time, as a business leader, have to make those really hard decisions. How do you reconcile that? That's a tough one. And I tell you, that is, I I would say our biggest weakness. One of our core values is grace. And sometimes we do it too much. And as a matter of fact, this happened not that long ago. We had an employee I had to let go. and we just kept giving her chances and chances. And what I told when it, we finally let her, and I have an office manager. And so one thing about being a leader is letting my officer manager make these decisions. I tried to micromanage her. So I let her, she does the hiring and the firing. So I let her decide once time let somebody go. She happened to be out because of COVID. And so I had to make the decision and it became painfully obvious. It was time. But I, I told my staff, like when they start hurting us, that's when grace ends. When they start doing us damage and she, and that, at that point she was damaging the organization because one of the things that um, I learned at that thing was there's five enemies of unity. And one of them is sanction incompetence. So when they become incompetent and you, and no matter what you do, they're not going to change their behavior and there's no way they can do what's expected of them. You have to let them go because if you don't, they hurt everybody else. You can't let one person hurt the entire organization. And ultimately, it it makes you a bad leader because everybody else knows what's going on. It's obvious to everyone. People think, oh, well, they don't know, but they do. They all know what's going on. So ultimately, I have to take care of of the whole, even if it means letting the one person go. That was a great answer, and I thought you described that so well. The, the 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 internal wrestling match with regard to, you know, the individual and the whole, and what a great phrase that you shared with us that you you'd picked up sanctioning incompetence. What a great phrase! I never heard that, and that's a a, a perfect descriptor of that point you reach. That hey, if I don't do something here, I'm sanctioning incompetence, and so. Um, Extremely well said. Uh, you know, I think that would be helpful to any leader who's desiring to build relationships, uh, which which I think is is you know a, a a next level in leadership. Not not just uh, uh, you know interacting with people as as in an autocratic way that you know they're they're disposable um, pieces of a larger part, um, but but. Uh, um, really forging those relationships and being a team and that can bring attention when you have to 
not sanction incompetence and let a team member go. I want to I want to transition. I want to move into to a discussion around strategic planning. And and uh, I'm aware that uh, you place a real value on strategic planning for your own uh, company. But this new venture that you've started, strategic planning, especially for small businesses, is a major component. Can uh, can you just talk a little bit about strategic planning, how it's benefited you, and how you see a need for it uh, with other, particularly small businesses? So strategic planning to me is identifying what your focus is going to be for a time period. And there's different ways to do it. There's there's one year, five year, 10 year, quarterly. Some of them think, oh, well, the whole growth, growth is the strategic plan, but I don't think so. For us, our strategic plan, our overarching one is to reach out to rural communities, to have offices in rural communities. And then you think, okay, well, if that's where you want to go, how are you going to get there? And that's what the the strategy strategy is, is to develop how you're going to make that move from where you are to where you want to go. And so you need to identify where you want to go, and then you need to back that to where you are. We do a quarterly, every quarter we get together, we do an offsite. We go somewhere with our leadership team. And we do basically a SWOT analysis. We we ask four questions. It's not your typical SWOT analysis. It's what's working, what's broken, what's confused, and what's missing. And we write. And we also ask all of our team members to answer those questions. So we bring everybody's information in. We, we put it down on a spreadsheet. And a lot of the, it's amazing how these things come together. You'll have all these little things. And of course, our staff don't think they'll say we you know we need another staff member or we need another computer or they think very functional and we're thinking bigger, like we need another office building or something. We're thinking bigger, but, but their little things come together to the one big thing that we find that we're going to work on for the quarter. And then we make an action plan. Okay. Well now if this is a thing we're going to work on for the quarter. That's going to move us to where we want to go in a year or five years. Who's going to do what? And ideally, my leadership team meets once a week to see if what they're doing is happening or if they're, to make sure there's progress. We used to just make our list but never do anything with it. And at the end of the quarter, like, well, we did a little bit of it. My goal is always to get 80% done. There's the 80%, 80-20 rule. If we can get 80% done, 80% there, then we've made significant forward progress. And I'm really happy about that. So I love the uh, I love the alignment of of uh, uh, how, and how you very systematically walk through. Okay, um, where do we want to go? Let's back it up. Where are we? What's our plan to get there? And then the 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 uh, checks along the way, so that you don't lose sight of it in the busyness of the day. Let's let's talk about um, in your work now with other small businesses. Why do you think that? that so many small businesses, and let's define small as less than 10 employees. Um, why do you think so many small businesses struggle with strategic planning? My personal opinion from my experience, so I'm a physician, I never had any business training. 
I think a lot of small businesses start out organically. So I'm a good mechanic. I'm going to work on your car. I'm going to work on your car. Well, maybe I'll open a car shop. Now I'm going to work on other people's cars. And they, they're good at working on cars, but they don't have any business training. And so they don't know a lot. I mean, that's how it was with me. I didn't have any business training. I had no business running a business, you know? Um, I didn't know anything about the numbers. I didn't know anything about the relationships. I didn't know anything about leadership. So I think that makes it really hard. And plus, they're caught up in the business. They're caught up in the actual run. Like, it happens to me. I'm seeing patients. I've got to find a spot in my schedule to think about the business. But when you're caught up in the whirlwind of the business, it's really hard to be strategic. You got to carve that time out. So, Dr. Trevor, how would someone who uh, who is listening to this and and uh, maybe driving down the road and they're like, "Yes, I don't have time. I know it would be good, but I don't have time." So, just at a, at a very you know functional level, how did you reach the point where you were willing to say, "Hey"? you know what, instead of seeing patients during that block of time that I'm, I'm going to work on strategic planning or that my team is going to work on this together, I, I believe it's that valuable. How, how does somebody, that, that business leader who's listening to this, what got you there and, and why do you believe so strongly that the planning will pay the dividends that may be missing the productivity in the moment you'll lose. It's really hard. It's a struggle. It's a struggle today, but there's no, there's no way to change your business if you don't change your behavior. So if what you're doing right now is you feel like you're in a whirlwind, you, you, there's things you want to do, but you can't do it because you're just in this cycle of productivity but you see you want something different, you're going to have to do something different. There's no way. You keep doing the same thing over and over, you're gonna, over, and over again, you're going to get the same results over and over again. And it's just, you're just going to have to commit to it. Uh, at this time, I have committed, and sometimes I do it, and sometimes I don't. But I'm supposed to spend four hours a week working on the business. Now, ideally, four hours a week somewhere outside the business. I go. I used to go to the library before COVID. I'm going to start going again because they're doing things there. But four hours outside the business where people can't bother you, people can't interrupt you. It's amazing what four hours a week will do for your thing. You can sit down quietly and the ideas that come up and the thoughts that you have are just amazing. Something we started doing this year that I think is going to really transform the business is have, so I've done lots of nonprofit work over the last 20 years and nonprofits, they meet once a month, they have agendas, they have meetings, they have structure, but in my business, I haven't done that. We're starting to have monthly meetings and that way we can put on the list what the things we're, what we want to do, where we are in it and track it. So it's just not like an idea that you do a little bit of and then you forget about. So I think those two things are critical if you want to change your business and really get some traction. Love your quote. There's no way to change your business. You don't change your behavior as a leader. It's awesome reminder for all of us 
that hey, what we're doing now is getting us the results we're getting. We want different results. We're going to likely need a different input or a change in our behavior. Uh, I know we're getting uh, somewhat close to the end of our time. I want to I want to talk a bit more about your new venture, uh, Turning Point uh, Leadership Solutions. First of all, um, you're an extremely successful physician and, and business owner. Um, what was the motivation uh, to launch this new venture? Well, one, I'm getting a little older and a little tireder. I, I take call, I've been taking call for 20 years, almost 20 years every other day. And that's exhausting. And my passion has become leadership, honestly. I love my patients of taking care of them. But I, I also see this need and I see, I just, I feel like there, I talk to people a lot and everybody says, man, you know so much. I, I've just read a lot of books, but the information's out there, but no one has time to get it and no one really knows where to get it. I just want to help people, I guess. And I think there's a need. And I think that small business is the backbone of America and nonprofits do very important work for us. And I just, I don't, I see these great big companies, you know, you go to any town in America, they all look the same now. You know, it's hard to, it's hard to find small companies doing small things. But, but that's, that's the backbone of America. That's the backbone of our economy. And I, I would like to do what I can to keep that going. And I just, I just don't want, I just don't want to see our us just be one big box store. So you, so uh, Turning Point uh, Leadership Solutions, you primarily are working with small businesses and uh, even nonprofits and trying to help them um, maximize their capabilities uh, to plan well, to lead well. Um, let me uh, ask a final question uh, before we close out, uh, Dr. Trevor. You've mentioned your own personal growth through your uh, your own leadership journey um, a, a few times uh, during our podcast. W- what do you do to keep growing? And um, if, if you don't mind me asking, why at this point in your career, or how do you how do you, you know, come up with? You're still hungry to keep growing, and you, you, as you alluded to, uh, you know, you've been doing this a long time. Um, talk to us a, just a little bit about your own personal growth uh, and development. Well, John Maxwell says you're growing or you're dying. I'm not ready for dying. <laughs> so, I, and that's true. We're, nothing is static. Nothing is static. So. I remember that uh, John Maxwell, I saw, I saw him years ago and he's 70 something years old. He still does five things every single day, every single day as a growth, personal growth activity. And he's still very active and vibrant and still lectures and things. I, I don't know. He's just very inspirational to me that, the stuff he's he's done. I know, and I also know that there's just so much more left to learn. I'm not there yet. In the book, Good to Great, Good to Great, Jim Collins talks about a level five leader and what that takes. And, you know, Pat Summit was a level five leader. 
I know I'm not a level five leader. I've always been, I guess I've always been very, uh, I don't know, competitive is the word, driven. But I'd like to be a level five leader. So I think it's kind of a combination of those things. The way I do it is I go to events. I try to go to an event every year. Right now I'm getting my MBA as a formality, probably mostly. And then the third thing is books, reading books or listening to books or podcasts. Podcasts are great. You can get a book in 30 minutes. Great way to learn. Fantastic. And inspirational uh, to, to um, other leaders who, who hear your uh, passion and commitment to continued growth. Um, you know, even as, as, you know, you're, you're quite a ways into your career and you're still growing and, and, and learning. Um, really appreciate uh, you being with us today. It's been fantastic. Um, want to uh, thank everyone for listening to the, this episode of Leadership Upside, where we uh, discuss what successful business leaders in uh, diverse organizations, what they're doing, saying, and thinking. Today, our guest has been Dr. Tracy Traber. If you'd like to contact Dr. Traber regarding Turning Point Leadership Solutions for strategic planning or other consulting needs, you can email her at T-R-A-T-R-A-V-E-R at gmail.com. That's T-R-A-T-R-A-V-E-R at gmail.com. Dr. Traber, thanks so much for sharing your experiences and wisdom and insight with us today on Leadership Upside. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, leaders, one one final reminder, um, as, as organizational leaders, as people of influence, uh, obviously leadership is, is incredibly challenging. We heard some of those challenges today from Dr. Traber. It's also uh, an awesome privilege. And I'd like to urge each of us to do our best to lead well today. Until next time on Leadership Upside, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us today. Head over to ChuckCarringer.com for more information.